Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at gofundme.com slash f slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039s hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon ah the random toss the only true justice oh it's like the touch of god wait oh wait oh wait (laughs) riddle me this two-face why do you need the coin at all it seems like you're going to decide anyway Ah, be quiet riddler i'm trying to get it to land up on the bad heads if it doesn't come up on bad heads, I can't shoot Batman over there. Now, stop it. I gotta concentrate here. Well, you see, that's sort of the thing I'm talking about. You want to shoot, so what's the point of even flipping the coin in the first place? It's all about duality, Riddler. Don't you get it? With your stupid David Bowie hair, you don't understand. If it comes up on good heads, I just gotta sit here and be a good little boy, and Harvey takes over. But if it comes up on bad heads... Sit here to flip the coin again? That's right. I gotta keep flipping until it comes up on bad heads... So I can start this party with a bang and shoot Brucey between the eyes. So if it, you're just waiting on the, the bad one, why? I mean, why don't you just, just do it now? That's not my shtick. I, psychotic, get it? Split personality. The acid gave me the brain damage. Now I'm all kooky, and I gotta get my coin to land on the right side. Even though I act like I'm evil 100% of the time. That doesn't make a lot of sense there, Harv. I'm just gonna take the gun and shoot it myself. Riddler, you touch my gun again and we're gonna see if you bleed green. <laughs> yeah, hands off the gun, Nigma. Let it go to Harvey just to give me some more time here. Thank you, Bruce. You've always been a good friend. Now, I gotta keep flipping this fucking coin to see if I can shoot ya. So it's not just your stupid face, it's actually the coin's face as well. It's Lady Liberty of Gotham or some shit. You know, it's on both sides, it's all scratched up. You don't even know the fucking coin that you flip all the time. You should really it's know this silver in dollar. Since it's like your main fucking thing you decide every goddamn thing on. At least I'm not, I'm not prancing around in little nitty tights. I'm wearing a suit 
Like a man. At least I can decide some shit without flipping a goddamn coin around, you know? that You, you look like a fucking idiot more than you already would with the fucking two faces going on. It makes me interesting. Did your mom tell you that? I'm a multi-layered villain. Multi-layered. Never know what's gonna happen. Two layers? Really one layer? Because you're always going for the one side of the coin? I don't write this stuff. I just play it. <laughs> Multi-layered like this role you are in this movie. Well, Batman's about to slow down and get tired from fighting, so it would be easier to shoot him now. He's been going at it for a while. I know he's got peak uh, physicality, but there's got to be a there's a point where it's going to slow down. Well, probability-wise, I'm sure it's going to come up a bad head any moment. You're just bad luck, Nigma. Riddler, breaking my concentration. Wait, riddle me this, Harv. What's going on with that coin? What, what do you mean? I, I a dirt. Look at this. It's got two good heads on it. No wonder it would never land bad side up. Yes, earlier I switched the coins, and in the time that you guys were arguing, I went down to the bat cave and switched into my bat suit. Uh, thanks for blowing up the entire cave, by the way, Riddler. That is really an inconvenience. Too bad you didn't it's find no the cave problem. under the cave where I have this suit. Anyways, I'm bringing you both in. I take back to my, what I said about you always being a good friend, Bruce. That's a real dick move. Riddle me this, where's my joygasm? Welcome everybody to another episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know. I'm running the show this time Woo. around. It's Andrew everybody and I'm joined by... This is Ben. The man who knows too much about Batman, taking a back seat today, tasting some nice beverages with my Wonder Woman glass right here. Nice. Yes. And it's me, kiddies, <laughs> all those podcast listeners out there. Your old Uncle Joker is back, ready to hear about Blunder Woman's home from <laughs> Andrew Tavies. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Great, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Off the top, this is um, definitely a role reversal, <laughs> and uh, consider it kind of like a wild card almost. We're going to do this every now and again. I'm going to be doling mm. out the tutelage. It's not about Wonder Woman in particular. It's actually about Themyscira and the Amazons. Yes. So buckle up, everybody. You ready? Yes, we're ready. Though I do have a quick cor oh, yeah. couple corrections departments from the last episode. I said last time that Ben Affleck got to 225 pounds, and that was the comic book cannon weight for Batman. Turns out the comic book cannon weight for Batman is 210. It's 225 for Superman. So I got it mixed up. It's Superman's weight who's 225. So Ben Affleck definitely overachieved uh, in that end. Uh, I also brought up that KG Beast getting locked up appeared uh, after a death in the family, but that's not correct. It appeared before the death in the family. The reason why I brought up that that was evidence of Batman becoming more brutal lately is that in year three, Nightwing brings up uh, the fact that Batman did that to KG Beast as an example of Batman slowly becoming more and more brutal over the years. So that's those are the main things, and uh, I'm excited to learn more about uh, Themyscira. I feel like uh, when it comes to worlds and mythology, that is definitely your wheelhouse more than mine, Andrew. It's weird you say that because I don't super focus on world building uh, mm. as much as I think a lot of people... I like Grant Morrison's thing where he says, like, who pumps a Batmobile's tires? Who gives a fuck? Basically, that's what he <laughs> says. Um, he, you know, there's a longer quote there, but uh, 
Like, I, I'm more in line with that. But, I, you know, I do like it. It's not like I don't like it. It's just not my main, main thing. But it was cool right. going over all of this stuff. Because some of it I knew. Some of it I didn't know. And uh, a disclaimer, since I don't do this as much as Ben, might be a little all over the place. Um, not, not terribly so, but I think a little more than Ben, maybe. And then... Uh, the other thing is um, might, might mispronounce some of the Greek names involved and stuff like that. So apologies in advance. Correct us in the comments. <laughs> We're going to try our best here. I'm going to try to Alex Trebek it and fucking pronounce everything correctly. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Also, I'm not a historian. Let's also put that out there. This We're going to... Try to enrich our knowledge, children, today, because we're going to try to connect the pop culture that is Wonder Woman and see more of the actual history and mythology of where some of that comes from. And Wonder Woman, of course, like we all know, uh, most of us know there's something Greek about it, and there's a lot of Greek mythology there, actual Greek mythology, Greek history probably woven in there a little bit as well. And I personally like that kind of thing because uh, there's something for me that comes a little full circle about uh, like a something that was maybe originally for children, but then it goes all the way back around again to being deep. And that's that's really my shit. I like that kind of thing. And mm. that's really like the, the fun of learning about like with Superman, all the connections to like... Uh, Jewish traditions and stuff like that. Um, that's just one example. So, uh, and a lot of it has it, and that's what we're going to do here today. So, also, I, I know more disclaimers. We'll get to the actual thing, but we're th <laughs> we're three dudes talking about Wonder Woman here and everything involving Themyscira th and the Amazons. So, um, I think we'll handle. You know, it'll be fine. But you know, if we mess anything up, uh, let us know out there, our our, our female listeners. Um, so yeah, uh, we tried to invite Amazon warriors onto the show, but they couldn't leave the island. So it's just the, it's just the three of us right now. <laughs> yeah, no Wi-Fi so, out there either. Yeah, yeah, that too. They keep it old school, man. Too much time, too much uh, training for that shit. Yeah. Okay, so before diving into Wonder Woman's history or the history of Themyscira, it's worth understanding why she was invented in the first place. Uh where many years of fan service from the entertainment industry might lead you to believe that Wonder Woman was a cash grab to capitalize on people who weren't buying Golden Age comics, namely young girls. This is just a source I'm reading here. Mm. The real origin of the character is considerably more idealistic. William Moulton Marston, creator of the uh, lie detector test, uh, also created the, char the character of Wonder Woman to put forward the idea of feminist of a feminist utopia, believing that the world led by women with interests of women first would be a better one. Another disclaimer, if you don't like, if you don't like political shit, turn this off. <laughs> I'm just telling, I'm telling you now, if you haven't liked what you just heard, maybe turn this one off. Maybe Wonder Woman is not for you. Yeah, just skip to the next one. <laughs> so, no hard feelings. All right, so uh, the inventor and psychologist, William Moulton Marston, exaggerated the traits of the liberated women he saw around him in his real life. And he especially had two women around him 
uh, real close because they were in a polyamorous relationship. Okay, everybody know what polyamorous means? We do, but just in case the audience does not. Okay, yeah, in case the audience does not, um, it's essentially uh, dating more than one person or being in a committed relationship. It's it's not it's not cheating and it's not swinging either. It's not being a swinger because swinger is just kind of fucking all around. This is like <laughs> staying in a committed relationship with more than one person okay and also uh, the parties are aware of that it's not just yeah, yeah. somebody being like oh i'm in a poly relationship and then just goes back to his wife who is none the wiser like the she's in the know about the fact yeah yeah so um obviously we're looking at a guy that was kind of ahead of his time in, in certain ways uh with that kind of thing or going back to old old religions that are older than christianity or older traditions rather um, because obviously that sort of thing has been around for as long as everything else has, you know. Um, so he said, quote, Not even girls want to be girls so long as our feminine archetype lacks force, strength, and power. Not wanting to be girls. They don't want to be tender, submissive, peace-loving, as good women are. Women's strong qualities have become despised because of their weakness. He wrote that in The American Scholar. Uh, the obvious remedy is to create a feminine character with all the strength of Superman plus all the allure of a good and beautiful woman. <laughs> okay? That's, that's uh, from Marston himself. Mm -hmm. um, so, when he was seeking out a perfect vector for his ideas about women in society, the Am Amazons came tailor-made. He was a firm believer in the superiority. Remember that word. The superiority of the fairer sex. And he used a strange medium to spread his theories, comic books. Okay? Um, and so let's pause there again for a second. Mm -hmm. He didn't believe in equality. He believed in the superiority. <laughs> Domination, yes. Of women. <laughs> okay? Uh, <laughs> all right. So getting back to it. Um, looking around at the generation, this is in the late 30s and 40s for him. This is during mm -hmm. the suffragette movement, and that is the movement to mm -hmm. get women the vote and general women's rights happening at this time. Um, mainly the vote, though, I think, in this particular part. Um, so uh, Marston saw the type of people he believed should control society <laughs> at large. So he created a comic book with Amazons and a place not so sub subtly titled Paradise Island. The original name mm -hmm. for Themyscira. Okay? Right. Um, he wanted to show what that world would look like. Um, and so, another quote from Marston. He said, Wonder Woman is psychological propaganda for the new type of woman who should, I believe, rule the world. So, he was not bearing the lead. <laughs> this was feminist propaganda from f from his mouth. It's fucking no fucking not lying about it, not mm -hmm. not trying to, you know, yeah, not bury the lead. So thoughts so far, Zach. Wow, it's very progressive and uh, surprising for that time period. For me especially, somebody that was as successful as he was and that was this after he invented the lie detector test? I think after. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, 
it just is it's very surprising for me. He seems like a very progressive dude of that time period. Um, looking at the older comics of Wonder Woman, though, I do see uh, some at least some fetishism going on within her costume that it's hard to it's believe hard not that to. Uh, yes. that uh, you know, I guess he's not de-objectifying women either. So it's interesting to hear so far. I forgot that the original name for Themyscira was Paradise Island. So seems yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. This is almost like the Ubermensch, but for women in a way, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what he's trying to do with Wonder Woman. But I mean, the Themyscira, the, the island itself, I think is very well, in, ter- in terms of an idea, it's very well portrayed in not just the comics but also the movies it's universally the most praised part of all of these movies in the DC extended universe even like Wonder Woman 84 despite the reception and like the most that you could criticize about the opening is just like that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the story right. but everyone was still like it was still cool <laughs> like they still liked it there's there's nobody who's really criticized the portrayal of that island because it's just a really cool world and, and more people want to see more of it so uh, it's kind of awesome that he sort of the origins of this came from what he wanted to see and not just Greek mythology, which I know ties into a little, little bit is what you're going to get. Yeah. Into. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. We're going to get in the, <laughs> in the weeds on that one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is, I mean, the lie detector test compare that to him making the lasso of truth. You know, there's like mm-hmm. obvious connections here. Uh, and he was a college professor his wife and, and their lover were also uh, part of the suffragette movement. And it's just like, this is all very much on purpose. None of it seems to be too much on, on accident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, it just kind of feels like, um, just like with technology, if you dream and it, it's going to happen, like there, there's fucking, I saw a video of the Royal Marines using jetpacks from a mini boat to a fucking aircraft carrier. We got fucking jetpacks in the military now. You know, we have women voting now. You know, like, if you have to dream it first, like what Marston's doing here, mm-hmm. and I assume his wife probably had some input. Uh, maybe their lover, too. But anyway, the uh, you dream it first, and it becomes reality, right? So I think that was, that was part of the, the purpose of the propaganda. So uh, do, do you... <laughs> Do you guys uh, know anybody that is polyamorous, or were you surprised at to learn this aspect of uh, of Marston's tale? Zach? I don't personally Zach seem surprised. <laughs> I don't personally know anybody, but I was just surprised uh, during that time period. At least it didn't seem like it. Uh, obviously, it isn't as uh, open and talked about as it is now. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where my surprise would come from. Just that time period. Yeah, I would I would agree though. I mean, I think I knew about it going in because of the movie. I haven't seen the movie, but there's there's a movie just about uh, you know, William Moulton Marston and his his basically two lovers on that. I have not seen it. Maybe we'll check it out at some point, but yeah. it uh it does explore that aspect and is definitely ahead of its time for the 1930s and 1940s. It might be the college environment maybe. They were just progressive <laughs> thinkers in in academia. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that must have something to do with it, but but yeah. All right. Let's get to it, y'all. Themyscira. <laughs> the groundwork's been laid. Themyscira <laughs> is a fictional unitary sovereign city-state in an archipelagic island nation 
appearing in DC Comics. Previously known as Paradise Island and the Amazon Isles, it first appeared in All-Star Comics number 8, that's December 1941. Man, the timing. Um, okay. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Shit was going on, man. Um, so, yeah, the original name given to it uh, by Marston uh, in, in, in that comic was Paradise Island. It was not renamed until February of 1987. Okay. Post-crisis. Yeah, yeah post-crisis. Uh, the island Themyscira is named after the actual mythological city of Themyscira in the mythology for actual Greek mythology for the Amazons, the Amazonian tribe. So that's pulled straight from there. Mm. Okay. Um, DC swaps the I and the Y, however, just to, I guess, claim Uh, a little bit more ownership of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's basically it. And they also want to make it seem like it's not exactly the same thing. A source known as History Daily points out, the original Themyscira wasn't an island. It was the capital city of a region said to be on the coast of the Black Sea at the mouth of the Thermodon River. This would situate it in northeastern Anatolia, an area we would recognize as Turkey today. Okay? Interesting. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. the Amazons are technically Turkish, according to Greek mythology. I, I think so, yeah. But they're... Location, I think, changes a little bit, but that's definitely, like, Mm -hmm. maybe a leading theory. Maybe it is the place, but I feel like I have other locations here coming up. Um, Ah. But, yeah, maybe that's the main one. Correct me in the comments. Okay. So, uh, they are a segregated nation of women in Themyscira, regarded as a feminist utopia, governed by Aphrodite's law. Declared that the Am- this is- Aphrodite's law declares that the Amazons would be immortal as long as no man sets foot on their island. These rules probably change from fucking rebirth to New Fifty Two and shit. <laughs> right. So cut me some slack on this a little bit, but mm-hmm. men are banned from Themyscira under the penalty of death. Themyscira's location is undisclosed as a security measure. The island can shift its location over both land and time. <laughs> <laughs> they remain undetectable from outside observers and as soon as anyone leaves the island they forget its location Aphrodite's law was put into place due to the queen becoming emotionally scarred following her rape at the hands of Hercules as a result her people became very isolationist <laughs> it's a good good reason and, yep. and came to the conclusion that most, if not all, men were monsters. The island was created by Marston to allegorize the safety and security of the home where women thrived apart from the hostile male-dominated workplace of the 1940s. And the workplace at that time was colloquially referred to as man's world as well. So Makes sense. Makes sense. There's a so, lot of that going on. Yep. Just to clarify then, the... Marston creates this as an allegory to women in the workplace. The stuff about Aphrodite's law and the rape from Hercules, that comes from Greek mythology or it comes from the comics? I think that the Hercules part is part of Greek mythology. I think so, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. The, the allegory so to workplace... Is from, yeah, is Marston. Yeah, 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 of yeah. Of course, because yeah. that wouldn't have been around in Greek mythology. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it really, really yeah. makes me think about that Disney movie differently now. 
Hercules. <laughs> Hercules. Yeah. Re, re, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of. Not every story is good about him. Let's put it that way. Oh damn. Well, not all the Greek, you know, heroes and Greek gods were necessarily great people either. I mean, there's a joke about Zeus fucking years. everybody, right? Yeah. Is Zeus having like affairs left and right. I mean, even in even in the Wonder Woman stuff now, she is his daughter. Right. That's Apollo right. Apollo got with him too. Yeah. She so. saw him on the battlefield at the Dark Side battle, and she's like, mm, "I'll get him get some of that." And that's exactly how Wonder Woman was born. This is it's kind of a bigger conversation here, but before Christianity takes over Europe as a whole, it could be said that. Like, not that morals were looser, but people, <laughs> things were things were grayer, I think. Mm. Christ, Christianity, I hope I don't piss anybody off too much with this, but it's really like black and white. Like, you got God, you got the devil. Okay? But in, like, Greek mythology, and all, most religions, really, outside of Abrahamic religions, it's a little more gray, I'd say. You know, like, even people probably team, team up with Hades and shit. Like, Hades mm-hmm. is kind of the devil yeah. but he's not quite as bad as satan yeah. you know yeah he's not yeah. evil yeah so it's not as that, uh, archetypical i think as yeah. christianity is it's like hades doesn't represent all evil and sin of the world that's just like right. he's just the god of the dead it's just like he is what he is so right so if that's if that's your worldview and your main god zeus is also fucking people left and right you know you, the way you see the world might be different so mm-hmm. so yeah um all right get it back to it uh let's see here um Themyscira is also a theocracy that is a, a government ruled by and with religious ideals i assume greek the greek mythology which is greek religion like but do they worship themselves i don't know that wasn't really <laughs> mature uh not mature but it wasn't a fit uh explained enough from, from I mean, what I'm I read, sure they I'm believe sure in a... like Athena and Zeus and everybody, right? They believe in them, so I guess they worship they worship Zeus, maybe. You know, I don't know, but they go they mm-hmm. they all go by a, at least some religious ideals, I think, and, and their mm-hmm. government is tied in with that. Yeah. Um, so uh, the entire name of the archipelago became the Paradise Islands when it was renamed to Themyscira in February mm-hmm. of 1987. Because there's, you know, several elements of archipelago. Archipelago is a group of islands. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the location. This is interesting. The poet Aeschylus describes the home of the Amazons as being originally far to the north by Greek reckoning, in what we know as Ukraine. <laughs> Though he does say that. They would later move to Themyscira on the plain by Thermodon. So that might go. So Ukraine back to Turkey. See, it's a little muddy here. Well, as you said, the, the location does change a lot. So yeah. it kind of makes sense that there would be all these conflicting information. So maybe that's. Maybe it move, changes, changes around a lot in the comics because of the fact that there's this conflicting information in mythology. Exactly, yeah. And this poet Aeschylus, this is real, real history, by the way. Uh, so. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, the comics are based on the actual mythology changing place. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Um, it also gives a little bit more, you know, flexibility. I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was in northeastern Anatolia by some as well, um, by the mouth of what is known as the Terme River, Terme. I need to look up the pronunciation on that. It's T E R M E. 
term. Southern coast of the Black Sea. Some ancient writers placed it further west in Turkey or even in Greece. Um, but NASA, this source I have here says that NASA says it's located in Anatolia. So um, that would be uh, Turkey. <laughs> so, NASA's like, we found Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, some people said it's also in the Bermuda Triangle, um, the Aegean Sea, and so on. Mm-hmm. Director Patty Jenkins had this to say. Uh, Mine is probably somewhere right in the Mediterranean, surrounded and influenced a little bit by all of the different cultures from that rim of the Mediterranean. So So there's everything from European to Middle Eastern to Moroccan. That was Patty Jenkins, okay? Uh, Makes and sense. the, yep. I think if you're Middle Eastern, not Middle Eastern, Mediterranean, Greek, you know, even Italy, right? That's all close. Southern Europe, you're in the right ballpark, right? Well, Turkey too, but uh, the shots in the movie that aren't green screen, that are not CG, are shot in a ghost town in Italy called Craco, C R A C O. I'm assuming Croco, <laughs> and uh, that's where Jenkins shot her Themyscira. Uh, nice. And, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, it it looks great. I mean, you you know what it looks like because you've seen the movie, but, I mean, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's You wonder why it's a ghost town. Like, why is why is nobody inhabiting this? It's just a, just there for movies now or what? Yeah, so. but you, can, you can see the Italian landscape in just the surroundings of it. So it does, it does make a lot of sense. I'm just like, yeah, I could see that being... Like her traveling to Italy for that part. Right, right, right. All right, checking in with you guys. Zach, thoughts on this new tutelage? I, I'm learning a lot. My brain is expanding. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to differentiate between the Greek uh, mythology and what is the actual mythology for Themyscira in the comics as it's like kind of intertwining. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's really cool to me. It's a Venn diagram. I'll try to make it a little clearer going forward, <laughs> but yeah, some of it's some of it's just the same, and some of it's exactly what just mm-hmm. what Marston did and shit. Ben, mm-hmm. I always think it's cool to build off superhero mythologies based off of actual mythology, because then you can kind of you have some license to move around with things, but overall, you're you're dealing with worlds that are somewhat familiar already, and you kind of it's a nice explanation instead of being like, well, like he has powers because he was struck by this specific type of radiation. Then it's just like, well, she's tied with the Greek gods. Zeus is her dad. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all you need. <laughs> That's yeah. all you really need yeah. for that. So it, it makes a lot of sense to, to do that. And so I, I like hearing about the differences between the mythology in whether it's Greek mythology versus DC mythology and, and where they drew the line. I believe, and you know, let me know if this is something that you're, you found as well, Andrew, but Patty Jenkins is on record saying that DC originally wanted the whole background of Hercules raping the Amazonian queen. I didn't, in, I didn't see that in the, in wonder woman one. And she said, no, cause she's just like, nobody's going to want that. Like nobody's going to want to see that. And I was like, absolutely not. Like that's not something that we need in that story. I'm wonder g- woman one. I'm going to, I'm going to skip ahead in my notes, but Marston also takes this out. Uh, of of his original run because he wanted it to be all women. The like yeah. he doesn't want he doesn't want them to like react to a man to create Themyscira 
It's it's all would, their yeah. it's all their own device device mm-hmm. devices or whatever. Devices. Yeah, I, I just don't like it in terms of an origin of that version of the Mascara as that sort of reaction, as opposed to it being his idea of a paradise island where it's just like they're they're hidden away because of the fact that they can do their own like society. Yeah. That yeah. like one island. And you know, there's different explanations as well in the movies in terms of where they landed on the island, as we saw in the, the Patty Jenkins movie. But right. it doesn't have to come from what somebody did to them. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I think Marston ha- was onto something there. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, it does make me wonder. Um, where is Zeus in like the DC movies? Because Ares is, you know, hopping around on Earth in Wonder Woman one and you know getting up to his shenanigans so right. you see that Zeus exists as a real person in uh Zack Snyder's Justice League in that flashback so mm. I wonder where he is like during the second coming of or whatever Steppenwolf <laughs> coming down and everything like that he's trying to find his next wife yeah, as we saw so. in he he's trying to find the next person to get he with. doesn't care about the affairs of, of men anymore or or, act, or or human women. So I mean, it is a good question. Yeah. In terms of like where like where are Zeus and Artemis? Artemis is the is the woman with the arrows who's part mm-hmm. of the sort of the Trinity from that flashback battle. They don't really cover what happens to Zeus. At least I don't think. We'll check in during the break just to see if there's anything that was mentioned that we forgot about in Wonder Woman one. But I believe that's pretty much it. Unless he unless he was supposed to come back in a future Wonder Woman movie. That would be interesting. That would be cool. If you got the, like, it'd be interesting who they get to play uh, Hercules as well. Definitely not Sorbo. If they, well, do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of sullied that for me now as well. Uh, the name of Hercules. Good old peanut. If you yeah. look up, look up fucking Lucy Lawless on Twitter, calling <laughs> she calls Kevin Sorbo peanut. <laughs> God damn, it's funny as hell to me, man. Okay, <laughs> getting back to it. Uh, hey, just this is right on track. Actually, there is no Zeus in Mars Marston's story either. Um, again, it's all about the women. Um, there's no Hercules in his version. Uh, strictly a world without men. So I just found it. Pain and I, evil. I just found it out. Yeah. Uh, Zeus was killed in the DCU. Oh, we forgot about it, but yeah, okay. it was. He chose to sacrifice himself. When he went up against Ares, Ares brings us up to her, or he, she learns about this in Wonder Woman 1. So you're well, saying they had it, had it explained better than anybody was expecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're telling me Snyder had a, had a reason. Or <laughs> okay. Jenkins. Yeah. Or Jenkins. Hmm. Jenkins did, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's strictly a world without men. Men are the source of pain and evil for the Amazons. Marson wanted to explore what it would be like to have... A hero like Diana, a woman raised solely by women, completely aware of what men are capable of at their worst. Philosophically, Marston believed that women were capable of showing humanity a different way of life, a peaceful and loving one, in contrast to the ways of man and the patriarchy. Again, turn this off. You guys don't like it. <laughs> the patriarchy. <laughs> okay. These are true origins of a... You know, the basically the top superhero of DC right now. One of the top D, top uh, one of the top DC superheroes right now, and probably the, the most 
yeah, definitely one of the most famous in terms of female superheroes at all. So, this is true history. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when it's not history, segue, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the comics. And according to the post-reboot continuity, I don't mm. know which reboot they're talking about at this point, but I think New 52, mm. uh, Themyscira didn't begin, didn't begin its life as an island at all there either. It was a city-state of Amazons near modern-day Turkey. Uh, the state was created by the gods themselves originally, molding the Amazons out of clay and tasking them with teaching traits like compassion to the wider world. Okay, so that was in one of the continuities, I think New 52. Um, so yeah. Um, another <laughs> funny thing about it, fucking, there's a big thing, seemingly a big thing in Paradise Island and in in Themyscira 2 in the comics, where they all rode kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> they call them, they ride them like horses and they call them kangas. <laughs> Diana's, Diana's kango was called Jumpa. <laughs> so, Are we sure that Themyscira isn't by Australia? <sighs> yeah. Dude, it's just fun to call it book shit, you know? Uh, and there were smaller rabbit-like creatures also wandering around Paris, Paradise Island. They made a point to make that they made that a point as well so um i just thought that was funny they got Jenkins, give us jumpa in wonder woman 3 all will be forgiven in wonder woman 1984 yes. if, yeah if we have topo and aquaman <laughs> we can have kanga we can have jumpa yeah know. well steve trevor will have to come back in a kangaroo's body this time <laughs> in the pouch the dude yes oh yeah he just, like, he's in the pouch <laughs> Diana, I'm back. What the fuck? <laughs> I've had to get over you twice now. Gotta get, gotta get Chris Pine back. <laughs> he just shows up in aviators, popping out of the fucking pouch. <laughs> I'm back. What's up? <laughs> I have to be eye candy for all the women that are going to see this movie. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, um, jumping back around jump again. Back to the allegory uh, for the workforce. Marston was fascinated by the suffragette movement and believed women should be e on equal footing with men. We all know that. Using the story of Her Heracles. Seems like Heracles and Hercules are the same? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are, Heracles right? is the original uh, Greek name, I believe. Okay. Heracles slash Hercules, but it says Heracles here. Heracles coming to Themyscira for Hippolyta's belt as in inspiration for the home of the Amazons. The story of Paradise Island followed that Hercules invaded and made Amazon women his slaves. So in, in some stories, if he's not raping them, he's making them his slaves. So there's that. They shackled them, uh, you know, uh, and yeah, they could not escape. But then they broke their bonds. They kept the silver bracelets. They, they made silver bracelets out of the chains, I think, is what it's trying to say here. Sorry, it's a little bit of a word salad I got. Mm. Um but yeah, so they they break the chains and then they make their own, and I think that that might probably is connected to the to the gauntlets. So that's I cool. would think so. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Hercules yeah. is not the uh, Superman type archetype that we got in the Disney movie, who was uh, sent down <laughs> from a different world down to Earth and raised by a nice farmer couple, so that he could eventually become the savior of mankind, just like Disney portrayed the original. You know, labors a super. I said Labors of Superman. Labors of Hercules is definitely a lot darker and less uh, idealistic, I would say. 
again, like it's not it's not gray. There's probably some heroic stories for Hercules too, but then there's other stories like this, and it's all part of the mythology, you know. I mean, he kills his own family in the Greek mythology. That they definitely left that out of the Disney movie, <laughs> partially because he was he was uh, it wasn't he wasn't completely in control of his body, but he does kill his wife and kids. Tangent to my own shit, real quick. But talking about Hercules, <laughs> that's there was a run in the '90s. Like you're going from Little Mermaid to Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. Lion King, heavy hitters back to back. Right. And then Hercules, and it was just like, what the fuck? Maybe Pocahontas was the first one to go down. But to, did did you guys feel that way? Oh hell, I liked Hercules. Really? Yeah, I, I liked the music in that one. I I liked it, but it wasn't. Like the same level, I would say. No, it was like a dip, Aladdin. man. It was a dip, but I mean, I would also argue that it's pretty, like compared to what we are getting today, it would, it would be pretty good <laughs> compared to some of the other stuff. Right, that's out. So, right, right. Uh, it's a dip in quality, but it's a dip in quality from like a very, like classic age of animated yeah. movies that I don't think has quite been reached, except for you know older Pixar stuff. Late 80s, early 90s Disney was like this pinnacle. I Untouchable, like. yeah. And then Pocahontas, mm-hmm. Hunchback of Notre Dame, and fucking, um, what was that one again? Fucking Hercules. Hercules. It goes down. <laughs> takes a dip for me. But anyway. All right, back to the real thing here. Well, back to questions. Um, so most surprising thing uh, for me here was the allegory to the workforce and the chain thing, chain mm. to bracelets, the gauntlets. Um what was the most interesting fact here in this little segment, Zach? Hmm. His, his mind is still know. blown now from all I'm the like, Hercules stuff. I'm stuck yeah. on Hercules now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sing us a song then. No. <laughs> I can't now. He's been sullied. Sullied. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's all... I like what you said. That it, I'm glad that Marston took out that... Uh, really kind of negative and dark origin for the Amazonians and having it be like their own choice to be separated for their own safety and because they know of uh, of what men have been doing throughout history and time outside of their world so they know good and well how bad uh, things are whenever they are you know in control of things so I think that is that's really cool again uh, Back to, uh, props back to him for being as progressive as he was uh, during that time period is very surprising. It's incredible. Ben? It's got to be Jumper. Jumper? Oh, yeah. It's got to yeah, be that kangaroo. <laughs> Kangas and Jumper. Oh, let's get that kangaroo over in One Woman 3. <laughs> Chris Pine popping out. He's going to look like Kangaroo Jack, though. That, that's what he's going to look like when he looks in the mirror. He'll, when we see him, he'll look like Chris Pine. When he looks in the mirror, he's going to look like Kangaroo Jack with sunglasses and a red hoodie on. So, you yeah, know, it, it all comes gonna around. Be, she's just going to be on his back for one part of the movie as you da 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 As he's just trying to, he's just trying to go across the meadow. Jump was just looking at them using another guy's body during sex as well. It's just <laughs> terrible. They didn't learn their lesson in Wonder Woman yep, 2. Yep, yep. Did not learn their lesson. <laughs> All right, guys, we're at a fucking break. Check you later. See ya. Hi, I'm Ray, and this is my friend Alex. Hi. And we do a show called No More Whoppers. Some call it corn, we call it therapy. 
We're adults with the virility of men. Want to hear us read snack food copy and talk about Japanese chips? Too bad! Join us every month or so on the Greenlight Podcast Network. Riddle me this, Hal. Why the fuck are you wearing green like me? I'm the guy that wears green around here. Take that shit off. What do you mean, take that shit off? You take that shit off, Riddler. The Green Lantern Corps has been around for centuries. I don't give a shit. I think I'm the only person that should be wearing green around here. Riddle me this. Who's got your ring now? Wait, wait, what the? <laughs> Not again. All of that was a ploy, you see, Hal? Well, you seem to be glowing. That's about it. No, I have powers, see? Uh, wait, I know, I definitely have powers. Uh, Still glowing. I can make a construct just like you did. I'm not seeing anything. Uh, uh, how the fuck do you do this, Hal? Well, you need willpower, but it looks like all your willpower went to the riddles. Are you telling me? Even with this ring on, there is absolutely no difference because all I want to do is... Yes, you're right. All I want to do is tell riddles. Exactly. Exactly right, Hal. Also, for the record, you look like a leprechaun. You don't need the green. That was part of my whole raison d'etre. I know I can do it. Still not working. I know I can. Riddle me this. Riddle me this. I can pretty much just give it to you and Uh, it's still not going to do anything. At this point, uh, this is a citizen's arrest. This is the wrong color for me. This doesn't... Actually, I know the Green Lantern ring. What would be good for me? I need the yellow one. Fear? That would be more of Scarecrow's thing. Let's see. There's not really color for puzzle-obsessed douchebags. <laughs> I know I can do it. A little bit of training like Bats does. I'll be able to get it. Focus my will. All right. Well, in the time you did that, I already called Batman. So, uh, good luck. He got the ring back. God damn it. Riddle me this. How did I miss that? It was on my finger, for Christ's sakes. <sighs> There's no ring for me. Actually, I'm back, and it turns out you do have a color, Riddler. Oh? Yes, the color for puzzle-obsessed douchebags is actually fuchsia. There's a fuchsia core just for you guys who do crossword puzzles all the time. The fuchsia core, you say? Answer this riddle for me. Where the fuck is that ring so I can get it? Oh, the fuchsia ring? Yeah, I, let me just get it for you. It's in the center of my asshole. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you like that sketch right there, we have that plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. More like some damn insane. <laughs> and we're back. And we're going to go over the Amazons now. Uh, we're leaving. Well, we're not leaving Themyscira, but we're leaving the topic of it. Okay. Mm. We're staying in Themyscira. But we're talking about the, the residents now. Yes. Okay. Uh, but the quick, you wanted yeah. to do a quick corrections department. So yeah, just yeah, to clarify, uh, we had forgotten that Zeus died in Wonder Woman 1, but uh, it is part of the origin presented in the first Wonder Woman movie that when fighting Ares, Zeus sacrificed himself and basically created the mascara for the Amazons to live safely and to protect his daughter Diana so that she could grow up and take down Ares herself. And then he died of his wounds. However, his powers did end up living on into basically being transferred over to the Shazam family, as we saw in Shazam, and eventually in Black Adam when that comes out. So just throwing out there that that's the, the death of Zeus is tied into the birth of the mascara in the DC Extended Universe. 
I'm looking forward to Black Adam. Thank you for that tutelage, bro. No problem. <laughs> okay. Um, Zach's mind is blown still again. All right. That was, <laughs> by the way, that was much. Snyderverse. That was, <laughs> that was Snyderverse. <laughs> Snyder, yeah, the Snyderverse that yeah. uh, Patty Jenkins pre- presented in the uh, Wonder Woman movie. Okay. All right. So, the Amazons. In Greek mythology, the Amazons were a tribe of fierce warrior women who lived in Asia Minor. They were ruled by a series of queens who consorted with the gods of Mount Olympus. These warrior women were frequently depicted as living separately from other societies, particularly the men of other countries. Some versions of the stories involving Amazons have them regularly meeting with neighboring tribesmen at scheduled times so that they can have children. We're going to come back to this also later. So this is a little little different from the island where they're just like, no man shall venture over here. By the way, let's go hook up with those guys over there. Yeah, it's it's sometimes like we got, yeah, we got got the, that's where the clay comes in. All right. So you don't have any men involved. Hippolyta's uh, is on Tinder, just swiping. Just yeah, like, oh, he left, looks cute. Left, left, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, um, and of course, in in that instance where they uh, have have the children uh, with them, um, the, the Amazons take all the girls <laughs> naturally. Um, Homer, the actual not Simpsons, the actual Homer, <laughs> called the Amazons, who may have been based off actual real warrior women. I think it's still kind of up to there might be some some actual tribes that really were warrior women tribes but a lot of this is probably Greek mythology hmm. um, Some a lot of that is, is gray again if you're an actual historian correct me but he called them Amazones Antianeri I think that's Latin <laughs> and uh, and uh, the latter word often translate as the opposites of men so the Amazons that are the opposites of men, that's the wording Homer himself used. Uh, there is another allusion in Homer to the Amazons, although this is an indirect, this is more indirect rather than direct. It occurs in the second book of the Iliad, where the spot of assembly for the Trojans and their allies is designated. It says, quote, There is before the city a certain lofty barrow, in the plain far away, standing detached on the side, on this side, and on that which men, forsooth, called Bes- Batiaea, but the immortals name it the grave of swift-bounding Myrina. Here, then, were the Trojans numbered and their allies. The Scoliast, by the way, not scholar, this word is Scoliast, I had to look this up, Scoliast. Scoliosis. It's... It's a commentator on ancient or classical literature. So that's the, that's the word for, that's the uh, definition. Hmm. A scoliast had this commentary. Uh, well, he's, he said that uh, Myrina in this is uh, a word for Amazon, was an Amazon. The daughter of Teucer and the wife of Dardanus. Uh, and, oh, it's a city. Oh, yeah. Yes, it, Myrina's the name of an Amazon here. So this is another, gotcha. he's talking, Homer, another reference to, to, to an actual Amazonian woman, actually, not just uh, Themyscira and shit. So, uh, so yeah. Um, the famous queen of the Amazons was Hippolyta, the daughter of the war god Ares, who, famously kill, was, who was famously killed during Heracles' labors. 
In the DC universe, Hippolyta is the co-ruler of the Amazons with her sister Antiope. She is both the leader of the Amazons in Themyscira and her mother, and the mother of Wonder Woman. Okay, well, there's co-leader. All right. Yep. Uh, uh, even in the myth, even though the myth has some base in reality, some scholars believe that the Amazons were based on Scythian, S-C-Y-T-H-I-A-N, Scythian warrior women. Hmm. This is a possibility here. Uh, they were members of a nomadic tribe that ruled over large swaths of the Eurasians, Eurasian steppe, S-T-E-P-P-E, ah. during the period that many of these myths were recorded. Mass graves of warrior women are found in that region, and they support this hypothesis. Hmm. All right? Um, and, yeah, let's get, let's get into how they procreate. <laughs> Where do they come from? Going back to that, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah um, either it's clay or they do have well let's explain the clay thing generally in the comics and especially since Marston wanted to keep it you know all women like yep. we've said there's this like clay explanation where literally what is it Athena or no uh, Hippolyta I think makes Wonder Woman out of clay and that's how the others are made as well I think yeah Wonder Woman is formed from clay in the original uh, origin Pre-New 52. New 52 and, and the DCEU has her as the daughter of Zeus. But beforehand, she was sculpted from clay. Right. Okay. All right. So it's a little different in some of the mythology. It, it's... Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's... I have here... It says the ancients, they didn't believe the Amazons were immortal. Despite being descended from the god Ares... The Encyclopedia Mythica explains the Greek legend held that the Amazons lived on the other side of a mountain range from a tribe of exclusively male warriors known as the Gargarians. Hmm. And once a year, the two tribes would meet up in the mountains to, you know, do the do their business. <laughs> when a man loves an Amazon. <laughs> yeah. One time a year. Good lord. I know, right? That's <laughs> Saving up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're pent up, man. They're pent up. Why do you think they're so angry when they fight? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the female children raised by the Amazons and the Gargarians would either be put to death or would be taken up by the Gargarians, I think. But the 2011 Wonder Woman series addresses this idea, saying that the male children were secretly raised by the god Hephaestus. Um, but Hephaestus uses some of them, or maybe all, for slave labor. So, again, it's it's dark. There's a lot of there's some darkness yeah. there in the comics, and of course the actual uh, Greek the mythology, actual real mythology yeah. as well. Um, Brian Azzarello's New Fifty Two run had this explanation: thrice per century, the Amazons go out to ships that are nearing Themyscira and present themselves as beautiful women willing to have sex with the men on board. That's worse than Procre once a year. Thrice a century. Yeah. Thrice a century. <laughs> Procreation occurs whether the men are willing or not, and then the men are killed or thrown overboard. So Izarello kind of went nuts with this, and this this is probably not carried over into Rebirth. This was also um, pretty uh, controversial, to say the least, when it came I imagine, out. Yeah. 
but but you know, um, it's not the hero doing this, right? It's to just be, like to some be fair, fucked up shit. It does in comics. sound like if you said, "Hey, that comes from Greek mythology, not from something that Brian Azzarello wrote." But if you said that came from Greek mythology, that would be believable. So if Azzarello is trying to sort of recreate something that would happen in Greek mythology, he did a good job. I don't know necessarily if it was appropriate because I haven't read that story. I don't know if that was the right place for that, but if he's just trying to capture something that seems like it would be in Greek mythology, that definitely seems plausible. Yeah, he captured mm. the overall vibe. It's it, yeah. it. You would have to if you don't know it, you would have to be clarified on which one is which for mm. sure. Because certainly, yeah, it doesn't make them seem very noble at all or heroic. I mean, we when we watch like the Wonder Woman movies or even Justice League, and we see like the amazonians there's like a high level of respect for them because we see what they can do mm -hmm. but i think our our empathies would greatly diminish if we <laughs> saw like well this is where other amazons come from and then you see this flashback and it's like oh this is uh maybe not so good so uh also so in this storyline this is where future female amazonian warriors come from these are just like medivrant boats. Who's to say they're not like scurvy ridden and just <laughs> genetically like maybe uh, not so great like to pass on these genes? Is it just That's like point, you just yeah. need a Y chromosome? Is that it? I'm or? here to have sex with an Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It does seem like a weird choice that like why would they? Eh, like why would they go to that? sort of range when they're they're not necessarily the best source for genes as zach brought up right uh, you know i i haven't read it i haven't read that part either but it's uh, i guess we can assume that they have an eye for quality <laughs> i don't know <laughs> they just dump uh, overboard anybody who has scurvy Shit. yeah maybe anybody that can make it on that boat or they arrange they have an arrangement they know the gargarians or actually i think the gargarians are the actual mythology I'm not sure who, who these dudes are in the <laughs> in the comics, but but uh, yeah, they just meet them on boats. Seems like there's it's like that Futurama thing, like death by snoo snoo. I right. guess it's just like <laughs> that's what it that's is. What it I guess from. they're like they know what's gonna happen, but they're just gonna go for it anyways. Okay, so bizarre. It's wild. Man. I mean, if you have a choice between getting killed or having sex and then getting killed, you might as well go for this for the latter. Just saying. Yeah, for sure. You're going to get killed anyway. You might as well enjoy the last 10, 15 minutes or so. The last, I mean, you know... Or five <laughs> seconds. If, <laughs> if, I need if, if you have come in and sense. make this all better. It's, it's, it's been thrice, it's thrice per century. It's, <laughs> it's not lasting very long. <laughs> One second. <laughs> no wonder they were killed afterwards. And they're not using any any protection to help help out the the amount of time it takes. There were no vi there were no blue pills. There were no Viagra at the time. Well, they wouldn't need a blue pill. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. When they're on the island, are they immortal? Because we don't see any old. Yeah. Amazonians. They can be killed, but uh, by they but, they don't but age. they're immortal. Yeah. It's like a it's like a what's you call it um legolas kind of thing. I mean, even off the island, though, Diana hasn't aged since 1918. Right, I was just thinking, these are, but they're part human, if they're from human men. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Oh, I just want to know, like, people, yeah. yeah. See, that part, that's good to look up. I'm not sure. 
wouldn't because then all right this is like crazy so what if after everything whatever what three times a century yeah these children that were part man from man's world so they're part human wouldn't their children then have less and less amazonian dna you know, does that make sense? Like I, maybe because Marston like, Marston's had the idea with the clay that makes that makes more it, sense. It keeps <laughs> yeah. away from all that. Azarello yeah. just really complicated things with this whole too many backstories. questions now. Yeah, it was fine when it was clay. Now it's just like wait, so they rape all these guys who come by the ship. Yeah. Like <laughs> right, it's like mm, stick to the clay. Okay, so th- talking about that, making them less heroic. Mm. It's it does make it a lot darker, but that it, it says something about they want the, the direction they wanted to bring it in maybe was they just want to stay away from men they're not necessarily heroic diana's heroic maybe her mother is too but it's not like the i think and <laughs> the amazons are just inherently this maybe gets away from marston's ideas for sure but it, they're not exactly uh not toxic at all you know they want to make it a little bit more gray a lot more gray i guess you well, could say yeah i mean there are in the comics like wars between the amazons you know not all of them yeah. are these heroic mm-hmm. characters i think you know our main exposure at least us on this podcast have been through the patty jenkins Zack snyder the mascara version and that's such a like a fantastic version of it and such great heroic warriors that it's a little hard to sort of reconcile that with some of the stuff that is in Greek mythology or in these other versions of it, just in the same way that uh, other parts of the Snyderverse were sort of the opposite, where they were more controversial in the movies than they were in the comics. So I think it, I think that's probably why, is that our main exposure comes from this sort of idealistic but fantastic portrayal of them as these honorable warriors when they're not always like that in the comics or mythology. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, they probably just had years and years of making them a u- utopia, and they just, this, they're just they just trying something new. This it probably be, yeah. really pissed off a lot of people, yeah. but... And obviously controversial as hell, but to me, it's not... It, it's a fake world, okay? Let's put <laughs> yes, that out there. Yes. So yeah. it's, it's okay <laughs> this is happening mm-hmm. to cause some drama, set up a lot. They're not the hero, the heroine. Uh, it's not Diana doing it, I assume. So, and it's something that she can react against in this story. So, for me, I don't, I don't, I think it kind of makes it more interesting in a lot of ways. You're telling me it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me in Homeward Bound is not their real voices. <laughs> <laughs> well, they hired those dogs because they could talk. Those oh animals. man, you know, we're gonna be rich. <laughs> this talking dog. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the origin of the name Amazon, man. Uh, yeah, Jeff so, Bezos, uh, one day yeah. decided, <laughs> I shall make packages for the world with smiley faces upon them because I cannot smile myself. <laughs> All right, <laughs> um, Lex Luthor himself. Time to kill Superman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> God, it's fucking. It's art reflecting reality, man, or reality reflecting art. art. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man, the origin of the word... Uh, by the way, I like etymology. I like linguistics. I am not a linguist at all, but I like language, and I like being an amateur researcher of this kind of shit, okay? 
uh, and when we do the Atlantis episode, we're going to do that again, actually, but mm-hmm. more on that later. Um, so uh, the origin of the name Amazon is uncertain. Um, it may be derived from an Iranian ethnonym, Hamazan, warriors. Hmm. Uh, a word attested indirectly through a derivation, a denominal verb in Hesychius of Alexandria's gloss. <laughs> so, okay. uh, yeah. Um, Hamazakaran also means to make war in Persian. Uh, hmm. And it appears together with the Indo-Iranian, Indo-Iranian root car to make. That's K-A-R. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it may alternatively be a Greek word descended from... And this word's hard to read. Actually, this looks unreadable, actually. But anyway, it means manless without husbands. Uh, hmm. So, yeah. Cognate with Proto-Balto-Slavic mangia. Uh, explanation unlikely by a guy named Hjalmar Frisk, but that was that was up there. Um, again, we don't. They don't really know where this word comes from. Um, not exactly. Um, there's a folk etymology, and a folk etymology is where people just kind of, you know, they just think it came from there, but it's probably not true. But just to go over that, um, there's a word meaning breastless in uh, ancient Greek, and uh, there is that whole myth. That the Amazons cut their rice, right breast off. Heard about this, yeah. Or they burn it off. Burnt, too, was another thing. But I don't know why you wouldn't just cut it. But um, that's been around for a long time. And apparently that's not true. Uh, well, it's not part of, like, uh, the ancient myths. And I don't think it hasn't been shown to be a part of any of the warrior women uh, actual archaeological evidence, I think, either. Gotcha. Um, but it, it also comes from wanting to shoot a bow and arrow. Again, you can shoot it if you have both breasts, but yeah. this is, I'm just explaining the, where the myth comes from. Uh, you just want to be able to pull... I'm trying to show it, but you want to pull the, uh, the, the, the bow back far and the, and the breast gets in the way, uh, especially if it's, if it's on the larger side, maybe. Right. Uh, so there is that. Um, that's where that comes from. But again, this is a folk etymology, so it's, it's not exactly real. Well, Wonder Woman uh, would definitely look different in the comics if this was yeah. part of it. But I, I would say I d- I'm glad yeah. it's not a part of it because of the fact that I don't think we need uh, self-mutilation no. in, this, in these comics. No. It's a way – it's not – you don't want it. I could see – and this is a folk etymology I think that the ancient Greeks believed in. But there's – again, no uh, – so – Take yeah, no, take it with a grain of salt. But mm-hmm. uh, I think part of it's just like they're supposed to be like the women Spartans, and they're so badass, they're so devoted to war, they? they're so devoted to the bow and arrow, they'll cut their own breast mm-hmm. off. Uh, so that's probably where all that stems from. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, not really necessary. And I think Jenkins or Gadot also commented on this in one interview. They said something about it. Um, so. So yeah, um, let's check in. Zach, thoughts so far on uh, the Amazon stuff? I don't know. There was a lot of funny words you were saying there, Andrew. <laughs> it's a lot of trip over, man. Yeah, I mean it's it is interesting, and it was interesting to talk about the whole myth behind the removal of the breasts because 
And as soon as you started to go into that, I immediately remembered that. I remember that being a part of like the Amazonian uh, like myth there that they would remove their right breast to you know shoot arrows better. So it's definitely interesting. Now I feel like the name Amazon, an Amazonian, or a woman that would be associated with an Amazonian is like a a, a, a thick woman of large stature or something. I don't know. I just I feel like it's definitely not like a negative uh, term, but that's what I feel like uh, when people think of like a woman being an Amazonian, that's what they would think of now. I would first think of the rainforest before yeah. the, the site became a big deal, but I, I'm, I'm assuming that that rainforest would, I should have looked this up, but the rainforest is named after the Greek word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would think so yeah. too. Yeah. Ben? <clears throat> I just looked this up in terms of the, because the most, not necessarily the most surprising thing, but the most notable thing has to be this whole, like, chop off the other breast uh, part of yeah. the, the legend, because I have heard about that, and it was definitely from that interview, and I looked it up while Zach was talking, and Gal Gadot was the one who brought this up, when people were criticizing uh, her body for her breast being too small for Wonder Woman. And her reply, ridiculous. her reply is, quote, Wonder Woman is an Amazon, which means that I should only have one boob, so they are lucky they are getting two small ones. So <laughs> <laughs> She handled that shit. Shut it down. She did. Now. Yeah, it was great. And also, this is, I think, before, this may have been before the Wonder Woman movie and even before Batman versus Superman. So people hadn't really seen her in the role. And I think, you know, obviously once she debuted in Batman versus Superman, Everybody loved her in it, and more so when Wonder Woman came out. And you know, she's our Wonder Woman for this generation, and I think that's awesome. So much backlash whenever she was cast, and then when she was yeah. actually in the fucking movie, everybody was like, "Oh, well, it's like Affleck. Wrong. It's like Affleck. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. like eh, fuck that guy." And then they see him just like destroy everybody in the warehouse in the trailer. They're just like, "We want more of this." People Cause... hating on Snyder's choices and. Those get uncanceled, and Snyder himself gets uncanceled. Is Wonder Woman uh, typically drawn with large breasts? I mean, I don't really think <laughs> I, I about don't, it. I don't notice. I don't notice those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm trying to think of Alex Ross. Like that's probably like the version I think of first, and I guess she just looks like kind of bulky in general. Mm -hmm. But I don't think of like what Power Girl when I think of Wonder Woman. I think she's bigger than Gal Gadot. I think. Yeah, I do think like she's from, from women probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but thinner. yes, it's bigger bigger than Gal Gadot probably, and especially you have the uh, Linda Carter, and uh, you know, people have her in mind as well, and you know she wasn't on the small side either. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it just depends on the artist uh, as well, but obviously that's not it's not the most important thing when it comes to casting Wonder Woman. I think that the uh, the legend is interesting, but as I said, the I'm glad we don't have that sort of element of self mutilation. Even though, like, it is, it's almost like that Game of Thrones thing where the guy's nipple gets cut off and he doesn't do anything. Like, it's it's one of those like legends that are supposed to be there to show how hardcore they are. But I don't think we need to see that in practice. A little much, probably, especially for Just the movies little. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would definitely bring it into the R territory. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. Definitely. Um, you guys prefer the well, I think we already know, but a little any, any more details on on what you think about the clay 
uh, explanation versus <laughs> the uh, grittier, <laughs> you know. I, I, I like the clay. Um, <laughs> there's like a story, I feel like it's pretty recent, where Clayface absorbs Wonder Woman, or he tries to absorb oh, her because she awesome. is clay. I can't remember how they separate eventually because she's technically like a, a magic clay. But yeah, there is like this pretty recent storyline where Clayface does uh, try to consume Wonder Woman, and that's that's kind of neat. And I think about uh, Alex Ross's Justice, where Cheetah like scratches her, and it's like looks like magma oh, or whatever. Yeah. That that hot like mm-hmm. orange, cool. and then she she's like slowly turning back to like it almost looks like ash, but it's like the clay is like burning, mm. and that that visual is pretty cool to me. And I think that kind of leaning into even that that much more of a supernatural element is pretty cool to realize like oh yeah wonder woman's actually made of clay i think that's that's kind of interesting that is cool uh, i didn't i never thought about her relationship with clayface like that that'd be that's cool that would be so awesome to see on screen the whole like scratches from cheetah and then it i mean yeah. obviously they can't do it for this version because yeah. she doesn't have that origin but if they did imagine if they did and like cheetah scratches her and then you see the magma and then it sort of closes over stuff like that would be awesome be sweet Ben uh, in terms of which origin I prefer uh, yeah. I mean the clay one is a classic the Zeus one I don't really have a lot of I don't really have a lot of problems with the Zeus one in the new 52 uh, on it or the one presented in the in the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman movie I think I'm fine with either version uh, that's out there uh, I don't necessarily need this whole ship of guys that they show up to <laughs> to do death by snooze to <laughs> thrice a century <laughs> on that but I, i'm interested to see oh, what the story was because i feel like azarello just wouldn't do that for the hell of it it probably plays some role in that story right yeah 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 i, I want to know if the i'll probably look this up right after the podcast but look up if that that part was probably changed for, for rebirth <laughs> a little bit too much for some maybe i like when they go for the gold though if they change it up just for fun funsies the bracelets generally do not deflect bullets like diana's do however diana's are special so and they were iconic gold bands and marston wrote them as symbol of real world women's status in society and the hope that women would break out of oppressive systems so again political stuff but there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> um the other thing is well marston probably it didn't go quite this far but i don't think that he would have been upset at this and this was revealed a couple years ago but many of them if not all of them are bisexual the amazons mm-hmm. um so uh knowing what we know about marston it seems like he probably wouldn't have had a problem with with this not at all but this was this was revealed right. recently to, to be actually true wonder woman herself is bisexual she sometimes has uh relationships with women um so we're nearing the end here guys but uh final questions here uh do you think that it is silly actually that some people say keep politics out of comics after hearing about this and also knowing that Superman has kind of like social justice warrior stories going on, and especially in his early years as well. And uh, this is, I mean, keep, keep politics out of comics. It's been a part of it since day one. 
Zach. Yeah, of course it's stupid. It's just like <laughs> uh, uh, most art is created to not only entertain, but to make you think. It's uh, there to tell you these stories. And you're right, it has been there since day one. Art constantly reflects what is going on in the culture around it. Think about, like, if you look at the, what was that Batman collection that was, like, the World War II era or whatever, mm -hmm. um, that you can see, like, those stories uh, where it's, like, he's, you get all these advertisements of Batman, like, saying, like, buy, you know, what is it, the... Buy war shit, bonds. Now I can't, yeah, buy war bonds, and it's all this stuff, like, <laughs> what are you going to say, like, oh, keep, keep comics out of politics there, like... And then, you know, Captain America punching Hitler in the face. That's like, that's a part of comics is to reflect the culture of the time. So you can't just get upset now because maybe something is going on with comics that you don't agree with. It's there to reflect the times. And that's what I think good art does. Uh, we We do want to be entertained by art, but I feel like if you're just going to want your comics to remain in a bubble then that's not really the point mm -hmm. you know you can just go right. and read old comic books if you don't like whatever the new stuff is that's going on it's just that's uh inappropriate to think that it's just going to remain <laughs> this it, it created in a vacuum mm -hmm. where nothing in the outside world is affecting your uh your characters and i think that's just what's difficult for people because they have they've grown up with these characters they want them to be a certain way and but yeah, it can't be created in a vacuum. That's not really what, what comics are about or any kind of right. uh, stories. Should challenge the status yeah. quo. Ben? I mean, we did a whole episode on the Superman radio series and Superman fighting the KKK and white supremacists yeah. and yeah. everything. So I think my stance is on this is pretty known where it's, as you said, it's always been that way. And I think you have to stay true to not just the world where these stories are being created, but true to what superheroes represent. They're supposed to represent uh, helping to change the world. So it's kind of impossible for you to, to stay out of that. When I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, and there was the stuff about, obviously, how it's going to be different for a black man to be Captain America versus a white man. I'm like, that makes a ton of sense because that's realistic. That's not like... Yeah. You, uh, it would be unrealistic to completely ignore that factor, to, mm -hmm. to ignore the the identity politics or, or the contrast between the ideals that Captain America represents versus sort of the government's use of what they think he should represent or what he should do for them and the differences between John Walker and, and Sam Wilson and what happened to Isaiah Bradley. Like it all, it all comes together, it makes sense. It makes the world feel more relevant, I think, than... You know, Batman has to stop a bank robber for the 200th time. Like, you don't need to see more of that type of stuff. <laughs> like, what does that have to say about the character? What does that have to say about the world? And and the world is changing, and the comics are, are always changing. So I don't think that there is really a good argument for why it shouldn't be there, because it always has been there since the very beginning, as we've brought up on this podcast. And I think that's if you have situations where... It's Superman versus the KKK, and it influences real life and influences people to sort of have a different perspective or to understand a certain perspective before that they hadn't had before. Then 
comics has done in their job in terms of what they should do in terms right. of, of not necessarily comics specifically but stories stories are meant to help connect us and, and help sort of give us empathy in some ways towards different perspectives that we wouldn't have so that isn't just something that I think is specific to comics I think that's specific to fiction and fictional stories in general that there's always going to be room for them to deal with parts of our reality and parts of the the real world and it's up to you as a consumer in terms of which stories you want to do and which ones you want to ignore but it's not necessarily a bad thing for people to draw off the real world for their stories because that's exactly why we find these stories relevant and true to our world and, and why we feel an emotional connection to all this I think so. I mean, going back to Superman again, you got two Jewish teenagers at the onset of World War One and Two, creating a hero mm-hmm. for 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 them what they saw as the best. And what do you think's gonna be in there? You know, um, so <laughs> it's just silly when people say that kind of thing. Honestly, um, it's it's been politically charged medium literally since day one. Man, it's there's no and then. Tell us about if there's anything about Batman being political, but one, jumping to Wonder Woman real quick, mm-hmm. she's she's obviously purposefully propaganda. <laughs> like she, this is he's does not give a fuck what anybody says. This is propaganda for young women mm-hmm. and hopefully boys too if they're reading it. You know, um, what does a world look like with women being 100% equal or above men? Uh, so. And he probably maybe a drawing from matriarchal tribes and shit in the past. Also, people always bring up, mm-hmm. you know, pagan some pagan tribes in Europe before Christianity were uh, more women based. A lot of pre-Christian, pre-Abrahamic religion um, stuff was. Again, this is this all depend, depends on which tribe and which area it is and what time period. But people like to say that it was a little bit more woman centric. Uh, before then um, Shinto in Japan too is also a little bit more women centric the highest priests are priests, priestesses um, Buddhism seems to be a little bit more male centric but anyway uh, yeah um, I just it's interesting to think about all that shit and to have this all stem from a comic book conversation you know right does Batman <laughs> have any kind of like this, was he, he was kind of like a social justice warrior kind of deal since he was literally they were trying to make another Superman comic I mean a lot of his involvement politically in the golden age and silver age was probably involving the war as Zach was talking about with trying to sell mm. oh, right. war bonds and there's stuff with him <laughs> there's literally kind of a cover of him uh, with a Gatling gun on the war yeah. front <laughs> and stuff which is totally against what people would say but like that's that's as far back as that and yeah. uh, the very first Batman movie the serial is he and Robin are agents for the US government they're going up against the Japanese uh, saboteur uh, yeah. not necessarily the most culturally sensitive portrayal no. of Japanese <laughs> well, people at that time but I yeah. mean it is the propaganda and you know I'm, I'm of the belief that uh you just need to know the context of its time to know that stuff. We shouldn't ignore those things. We shouldn't ignore stories yeah. from the past just because they might not have aged very well. Because it's just like that's not necessarily the point. We need to at least know that that was the time. Otherwise, if we completely skirt that under the rug and, and pretend it didn't exist, then we're not going to learn from it. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> Learn from the past, man. Yeah. All right. So finally closing out. 
wonderful answers, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> so Marston certainly liked to wonder. Try to imagine uh-huh. Marston wrote between 1931 and 1947 in an unpublished manuscript revealed by Jill Lepore. Uh, a future world may seem fantastic in which it becomes the usual thing instead of the exception to have women senators, women legislators, women governors, and a woman president. Still waiting on that one. If such things seem possible, he mused, well, so did the submarine envisaged by Jules Verne, legalized birth control and equal political rights for women. So He was ahead of his time. Terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Equating, uh, you know... uh, the advancement of technology with the advancement of women's rights and and how really just fucking how women are perceived you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like um, that's really maybe even a bigger topic there but uh Mm -hmm. but but yeah that is pretty much it uh final thoughts zach final comments questions thinking about this after we talked about the clay stuff do you think they have to eat if they're all made out of clay (laughs) <laughs> they they eat kanga meat. No oh, shit. Not kanga. <laughs> Not jumpa. Not jumpa. <laughs> Get really oh, no. desperate. Kanga veal. Well, I don't know. Just something I was thinking about. Uh, let's say they're on an island and they're all supposed to be immortal. Do they have to eat? I'm just wondering about that. I know Wonder Woman eats in the movies, but she's not clay. On well, film. you know, the thing is, I don't think Superman has to eat, which makes him even harder to fucking um, relate to, I think, in some way. But <laughs> I was thinking anyway, about that, too. Because he j- he's a plant. He's a fucking, what do you call it, photosynthesis. <laughs> uh, but He doesn't poop either. With Wonder, yeah, with Wonder Woman, I think you're more, you can't, you're not going to die of natural causes as long as you eat and no one kills you. Mm. That's how I look at it. Yeah. As long as you just, like... I think you. I think they eat. I think you can. You can make the argument for them having to eat. Okay. <laughs> Even though they don't have to. Wonder Woman and Superman are like, we're good. Super Batman's just like, I'm starving. Alfred, you yeah, give me something. <laughs> I'm going to get drive through. <laughs> they all got coffee at the end of Kingdom Come, so they're <laughs> drinking true, yeah. something. Yeah. You know, I just. I. I don't know why I was thinking about that the whole time because they're clay people. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what well, does Clayface has to eat, have to eat? And, you know, all these weird thoughts go through my head, you know, thinking about the supernatural elements. But overall, as far as closing thoughts, other than that, yeah, um, I learned a lot. Woo. The kangaroo stuff and the... <laughs> the most important thing you got the, from all this shit. The Hercules <laughs> raping and enslaving them. And then the... And of course, them like forcefully having sex or raping the the pirates or whatever the people on the ship and to make new amazonians that all that stuff is wild one thing i do really like though is the the use of the bracelets as a reminder of what will happen to them if they leave the island uh because i always saw i always thought it was another kind of like fetish thing as far as bondage like the bracelets but i do like the symbolism of uh all the amazonians wearing them to just as a reminder like hey if you leave the island you're not going to be, you know, equal to men anywhere else. So that's that's actually pretty cool. I think that's one of the the most interesting takeaways that uh, I'm going to get from this. Mm. I didn't I didn't bring this up before, but just to cover what you said, uh, Marston 
and his wife and their lover were into bondage and it shows yeah. up where the lasso of truth comes from just for the listener out there um look it up it is there there's a bdsm thing going on he liked being dominated by women uh so it's all there mm-hmm. um so so ben uh, it is definitely interesting to see the connections with Greek mythology and, and where he came in and his perspective on it. And it, it is, I mean, she is basically the perfect marriage of uh, a guy who is pretty much a progressive feminist and Greek mythology that obviously was not very progressive feminist um, and marrying them together and turning it into a superhero. That's, if you think about it, that's kind of an insane combination of those three elements. And yet it works so well. Uh, in the world that we've seen and we wouldn't have you know this great betrayal of the Amazons and and Wonder Woman that we do today in the DC movies so uh, I think it's it's a great and uh, definitely jumper for Wonder Woman 3 already <laughs> <laughs> jumper in there <laughs> yeah it is great you can look up, look up Kanga's Wonder Woman you'll see like these panels of them just riding like yay <laughs> like it's a, fun, a fun horse just have the Hans Zimmer Ooh. Wonder Woman mu- music in the background as he's on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, man. All right. That is superhero stuff you should know. All right, so we have a few fan comments, two that I found and then one that Andrew uh, found himself. Oh, yeah. So the first one comes from a user named J.J. uh, Howley, I believe is the pronunciation. Let us know. J.J. says, quote, Zach is big into impersonations, and he's darn good at it. So there you go, Zach. There's your validation of the day. Don't give him a bigger head than he already has. (laughs) He barely fit his headphones on right now. (laughs) Biggest one right now on screen. (laughs) I just said that I did comment back and say, like, I'm glad someone appreciated it. <laughs> you only got how many followers you got on Instagram? 30,000? No, not 30,000. Oh, okay. So 30, almost, almost 20. So. Oh, okay. All right. Settle down. It's getting there. Uh, next one comes from Stanwood32. Says, quote, such great podcasts. I don't listen to many others, but these are awesome. So thank you, Stanwood. Uh, look forward to them each week being a huge Batman fan. You guys rock. So thank you. Thanks, dude. And our final comment was on TikTok, actually, by OddWolf799. This was on the... <laughs> this was on the Man of Steel pitch clip. Man of Steel 2 pitch that we did. There's a clip of that on our TikTok. And he said, sounds terrible. <laughs> I like his candor. <laughs> Thank you, Odd Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> he All right. He didn't pull any punches. <laughs> didn't pull any punches on this one. <laughs> I don't know why it fucking made me laugh. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> okay. Patreon, man. Yep. We want to thank our Patreon supporters who are Shasta, Leom O, Jose Arrocha, Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willett, Nick Noach. Dan, uh, Jeffrey R, Sketchcraft, Scott V, Yuli, and now I want to thank our other supporters, Sparkageddon, STCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kukin Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Ian H, Walter the Wobot, John Wells, and Rye Guy. Join the Shasta Army. That's the $1 tier, patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod, uh, and you can get a shout out right there. 
And uh, then the $5 tier, $5 a month, cancel any time, is really the best tier overall. Um, we will make better, more you know, uh, more expensive tiers as time. We, we do have them, but really $5 tier is one we want to focus on. And that's the one uh, in which you get a whole extra show, deeper dives, generally by Ben, uh, once again, um, connected to the main show, but going even deeper than the main show does and uh just like this show as you see uh sometimes i head it up as well but mainly ben um superhouse merch uh go to redbubble.com or superhousepod.redbubble.com or tpublic.com slash user slash superhouse podcast 5000 or threadless superhouse superhero stuff pod dot threadless.com they're all good uh they all have basically the same thing it's indeed man uh indeed wizard uh, drawings by Wolfie made into mugs and shirts and shit like that and Ben Man mugs and shirts superhero stuff you should know logo is on there things like that uh, so uh, check that out please leave us a review in iTunes also please record us something on your phone uh, like an audio clip or whatever send that to us at superhousepodcast at gmail.com you too can be on the show also you can animate our sketches if you want. Please do. Just put a hashtag at the bottom of the video itself. Uh, hashtag Superhero Stuff Pod or Superhero Stuff You Should Know Podcast. Something like that in the video, but also in the description. More importantly, in the video, though. But if you want to animate, want to be an animator, if you're an animator out there and you want audio uh, for something that you want to animate, it's there. It's there for you. We've got so, plenty of material. Right. Plenty of material, just let us know. We've already gotten some in inquiries on that. So, uh, yeah. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, check out Thunderwolf Lives on YouTube for all my Japan-related content. And ThunderwolfLives.com has all of my portfolio and shit also, if you want to check that out. Nice. And Ben. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SuperHousePod. You can also follow us on Instagram at su Superhero Stuff Pod, which was how we met Zach. Uh, my personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder, and you can also follow my cat, my son, Alfie Pennyworth Cat, on Instagram, which does bring us to the fact that we are affiliates with Whiskerbox. If you have a, uh, a little furry friend, a little furry feline friend, uh, you can go to our link in the description below for uh, Superhouse Podcast, uh, Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and we have a shop. Link in there for our affiliates where you can buy things from Amazon. You could potentially even buy this Wonder Woman glass from Amazon there and that will not only enhance oh, your collection shit. but also help us out a little bit as well uh, my website is benwanwriter.com and uh, my channel is in the description below over to you Zach you can follow me as usual <laughs> on the TikToks, on the Instagrams, <laughs> on the YouTubes, Woo. it's all Zachary Jackson Brown art and then you can Simple. also go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com to see all the other stuff I create and just just look at it with your eye holes. <laughs> Take it in. Soak it in. <laughs> wow. That's great. <laughs> Superhousepod.com slash shop, uh, by the way. For uh, the uh, affiliates, yeah. Our affiliate links. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah. Thanks for that, everybody. And I think that's going to do it for us. Signing off. This is Wonder Woman, by the way, not yeah. Wakanda. Wakanda is this. <laughs> <laughs>